Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live right here, originating from the studios at Grace FM Colorado, covering up and down the front range from Cheyenne, Wyoming, down to almost Pueblo West. Yeah, the signal's super, super light down there, but we're praying. We're praying uh, diligently, even in the midst of crisis, to purchase another radio station, to purchase perhaps two radio stations, if the Lord would do miraculous work with us, a larger one to cover uh, Colorado Springs, and a new one to cover Canyon City. Um, Having visited Canyon City recently, uh, I have a bigger burden now, not less. I don't have a smaller burden, I have a larger burden to reach the 13, I believe it was 13, 13 prisons down there, as well as the solid Calvary Chapel, as well as the, um, not most excellent way, but uh, U-Turn for Christ facility, and the other great churches, and of course unbelievers throughout the region to hear the gospel. If you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, or you're a follower of a false teaching like Jehovah Witnesses or Mormons, I want to welcome you. I know that might be hard to hear. Uh, you know, I'm un- uh, What do you mean unbeliever? What do you mean false teaching? Um, certainly you're listening to this radio station because you want to hear the truth. And I mean no offense in the statements that I make. Um, if there is any offense, I would want it to be in the cross of Jesus Christ, that the simplicity of the gospel that it's not through works, it's not through joining a church, it's not through being born into a, a movement, it's not being uh, wearing special clothes or underwear or being baptized or being uh, in some special temple somewhere that brings a person into a right relationship with Jesus. Jesus Christ himself invites you into a personal relationship with him that he purchased with his own shed blood. As we enter into Resurrection Weekend, or what's commonly known as Easter, uh, I don't hear a lot of the the, the uh, debates of Easter, and it's pagan, and it's all, all the things that Christians love to argue about. Uh, instead, because of crisis, it seems like more and more people are getting their eyes laser-focused on Jesus. And I hope that stays, I hope that remains, although... Um, for a while there were people screaming and people, when I mean people, I mean believers. There were believers arguing about what songs to sing. And, you know, these songs are from this group and this song's from that group. And if you want, uh, if you want to sing the right songs, you got to all of, and and that seemed to die down until yesterday, uh, on a little group that I'm on and it's picked up again. So that means that must mean that people aren't so concerned with the crisis anymore and they have spare time to argue about things that are non-essential. Uh, let's learn not to argue about things that are non-essential. Uh, let's learn to strive to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, just like the Bible says. Let's learn to love our neighbors as ourselves, after, of course, we love the Lord God with all our heart, soul, and mind. And if there's ever a, a time where God is calling us to himself in unity, 
uh, and I do mean that in unity, uh, unity surrounding the truth, not unity surrounding falsehood, but surrounding the truth, knowing and recognizing that there are secondary issues that we may not agree on, but we agree on the essentials. Well, let's band together and not fight against each other so that the Bible uh, would be fulfilled in unity and the Bible would not be fulfilled in biting and devouring one another because they're both in there. Did you know that? So my heart is to, to enjoy the unity that is already, already ours in the Spirit and press on <clears throat> like Christian soldiers uh, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number. Taking your calls and your questions. 303-690-3000. Text me at 720-336-0897. Let me give you some news about our text line. We have opened up our text line to receive prayer requests 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, because of Grace FM is a ministry outreach of our church, the church has just kind of co-opted this number and taken advantage of it to uh, pray in all the off hours. And actually, any prayer request that comes through during the show, uh, we will uh, we will have opportunity to. Uh, pray for you, uh, take your request right before the throne room of God, and grow in His grace and in His knowledge together. And then during the show, we're taking your questions via text. And that's a dedicated line, 720-336-0897. 303- Excuse me, 720, i got all these numbers, 720-336-0897. That's a dedicated text line. And during the show, it's a question and prayer line. So use it as unto the Lord. 303-690-3000, that's the number here, 303-690-3000 is the number. And we're waiting for the calls to come in, so give us a call. Hey, it's. Uh, let me give you something to do around Easter. Are you ready? I want you to join us. Uh, it's not something that we, we invented, but it's something we're doing. I want you to join us on social media in the I Am Changed, or excuse me, Jesus Changed My Life and I Am Changed campaign. Hashtag Jesus Changed My Life and hashtag I Am Changed. I just posted my video right before the show, 60 seconds, a quick 60-second testimony. And you're like, well, wait a minute. My testimony would take an hour or five hours or five days. I, I know. Give us the 60-second version. Uh, just enough to give testimony to the transforming power of God. And then hashtag it. And <clears throat> those of you on social media, you know what I'm talking about. The pound sign, Jesus changed my life. The pound sign, I am changed. And then a shout-out to your church that's going to be online for the teaching uh, this weekend, Resurrection Online. You know, most of the country churches are online. Some are doing drive-in, uh, but our parking lot's not big enough to, to contain <clears throat> the amount of people that would come out, so we aren't able to do it. Uh, but other people have massive mar- parking lots, and for that, we're grateful. But instead, we're going to be broadcasting online starting tomorrow at noon for our good Good Friday service, and then we're keeping our services. As a matter of fact, I got a real neat special uh, announcement that I'm going to make Saturday on social media, so you can be looking for that on all of our social media platforms about our resurrection services. Um, but 
We're going to be broadcasting 4 p.m., 6 p.m., Saturday night, 6.45, 8.45, 10.45, Sunday morning. And then I've got a special announcement on uh, our resurrection services that I'll post Saturday morning. But go to our website. All the info, I have details, even how to do a selfie properly and how to angle your phone and lighting and all that on, my, on our church website, calvaryco.church slash Jesus changed my life. So we're always kind of, oh, we can't do this, and we, we're always behind the eight ball in terms of what we can't do, and we're not going to allow that. We're not going to worry about that. We're going to see what we can do. We're not going to focus on what we can't. We're going to focus on what we can, and we want to take over social media in a very powerful way. This idea originated with a friend of mine in Los Angeles at Reality Church LA, uh, Pastor Jeremy Treat. Uh, and so we're on board, man, and we're doing it. I posted mine today. Post yours, and let's get the let's flood social media with testimonies of God's faithfulness, testimonies of His goodness, testimonies of His love and mercy, and then point people to our church, to our services with those hashtags. Um, so do it. Go to our website for more information. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand down to Colorado Springs is Justin. Justin, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Ed. Great having you again. Seeing you again. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, what's up, man? Yeah, I um, wanted to know why um, the book of John is uh, written so much different than um, the other three synoptic Gospels. Well, we, we don't have the motive uh, specifically of the Holy Spirit, of the stylistic changes. Obviously, each gospel has a specific purpose. We can discern from that. Matthew's gospel, uh, written from a Jewish perspective, elevating Jesus as the King of Kings. Uh, Mark's gospel, written from a Roman perspective, uh, looking at the servanthood of Jesus. Luke, uh, Luke's gospel was written more to a Greek mindset, the perfect man. And then John was an evangelistic gospel. Um, no doubt because of his personality, it was an evangelistic gospel. We know the we know the reason why it was written at the end. It was written so that others might believe. So I think the Holy Spirit was very just as if if you ask this question about Matthew, you go, well wait a minute, why is he had why did he include so many Old Testament references? Well, he included so many um, Old Testament references because his goal was to solidify that Jesus indeed fulfilled the Jewish uh, requirements as the King of Kings. Uh, And so John, written from his personality and his purposes, has more of an evangelistic bent. And and so he includes those things that will help somebody believe. You know, he John has is the only one with the series of of miraculous insights. John is the only gospel with the series of the I am statements, uh, which would be very significant to the early uh, Jewish uh, hearers of that, not just the Gentiles, but the Jewish hearers, because they would be familiar with Exodus chapter 3 of the great I am uh, who revealed himself to Moses. So there, each, each gospel had a motive, had a purpose, and a different author. And because of that, it, they, you know, John isn't considered a synoptic gospel. It's kind of out on its own. Yeah. Do you think that uh, you know it, it would be 
more because um, because when you read like John one two and three like regular John one two and three, um, how much he talks about love and and you know what I what I really decide you know see the difference of in the book of John and the Gospels is you know John seventeen where Jesus is praying uh, you know for himself and then his disciples and then for the whole world it's you know I just think that there's some some uh, correlation there. Certainly, there's definitely correlation in communicating the life of, of Jesus. However, each gospel writer had a particular motive, so there's going to be a few differences in what they emphasized. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I just wanted to get your two cents on that. Thank you very much. No, that's a great question and a good observation. You know, the best, the best questions come from the best observations and, in, and the, the accurate interpretation— comes through asking questions like this. Um, and so keep making those observations because it'll lead you to these types of questions that'll drive you to the truth. Will do. Thank you, Pastor Ed. God bless you. Okay, bro. Bye-bye. Bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. Taking your calls and your questions from south to the north. Let's go up to Longmont, Colorado. Jeff, Jeff, welcome to the program. How you doing, Pastor? I'm doing great. So um, the question I pose is why we all think that Jesus died on Friday. And when I read the Scripture, I I feel like it's more Thursday. Yeah, I think there's evidence uh, for both sides. I think that uh, the weight of the evidence, depending on how you look at it, there's evidence for both sides. I I think Friday becomes a more popular um, because the Roman Catholic Church capitalized on Friday— um, many, many, many years ago, and it's become a traditional day. Um, but I think that you can, looking from a Jewish reckoning, uh, you could see a day or a part of day included in the three days and three nights. Uh, and you can also see as you meti- meticulously look at uh, the Passover meal that there's compelling evidence for a Thursday crucifixion as well. Interesting. and <laughs> But it's tradition. Like our- yeah, I guess so. Our whole culture just is just convinced it's Friday, but it doesn't it doesn't add up to me in my mind. And the scripture's pretty plain, you know what it says in the evening. Um, yeah, well, when it was, when it, it was it's evening. not just <clears throat> it's not just our tradition. It's a it's a global Christian tradition, you know. And as you look at it, the Bible doesn't really um, emphasize for us to the Bible never instructs us to emphasize Good Friday, or if we called it Good Thursday, <clears throat> in any way. So us m- remembering the crucifixion uh, isn't as important as remembering the resurrection. It's not a big thing or anything to divide over. It's just it's just curious to me. No, I mean, men like you have sat down to say, wait a minute, uh, what, what day exactly? Um, because the Bible doesn't say specifically um, but do you know there's not just a uh, Thursday argument? There's also a Wednesday argument. So yeah, you've got I've, three I've different perspectives. <laughs> so you have three perspectives uh, of this, and I think that it's one of those areas where you're f- fully convinced in your own mind of the timetable of the day of the week, um, and and then for sure we stay in unity that he did indeed die, was buried, and rose again from the from the grave. Pastor, thank you. That was all today. 
Thank you, brother. God bless you. You bet. God bless Bye-bye. you. Bye. So just to comment on that, the the teaching of Jesus in Matthew chapter 12 is as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a fish, so the Son of Man will be three nights uh, and three days in the heart of the earth. Um, from a Friday perspective, they uh, folks that hold to a Friday perspective say that this is still valid, um, that he could have been considered in the grave for three days. In the Jewish mind, in the first century, a part of the day was considered a full day. So since Jesus was in part of the grave for Friday, all of Saturday, and part of Sunday, he would have been considered to be in the grave for three days. Um, Mark chapter 15 notes that Jesus was crucified the day before the Sabbath. If that was the weekly Sabbath, like Saturday, then the fact leads to to a Friday crucifixion. Um, The Thursday argument expands on it, as our brother was mentioning like on the Friday, that argues mainly that there are too many events, some count as many as 20, happening between Christ's burial and the Sunday morning to occur. There are too many events to occur from Friday till Sunday. So Thursday viewpoint uh, points out that there's especially a problem when only one full day between Friday and Sunday was Saturday, the Jewish Sabbath. An extra day or two eliminates that problem. And then the Wednesday opinion states that there were two Sabbaths that week. After the first one, the one that occurred on the evening of the crucifixion, the women purchased spices. Note that they made their purchase after the Sabbath in Mark 16, although that doesn't say when they made those, um, just after, whether it was last week or two weeks before. But the Wednesday view holds that this Sabbath was the Passover um, and so, again, it's good. It's good to, for for those that like to study, those that like to dig. But I think as we find ourselves in a position uh, acknowledging the reality of the event, testified, um, and you know, depending on what day you uh, fall on, but testified by hundreds of witnesses that were alive at the time. Um, that you remember in First Corinthians, uh, there was. Many people that testified, and when Corinthians Corinthians was written, many of those people were still alive that could have at any time said, Paul's a liar, he made this up, he said we were there and we weren't there, Uh, but that didn't happen. And so eyewitness testimony is powerful. 303-690-3000, You can give me a... Text at 720-336-0897. We had a wonderful time of Q&A last night at our church. We had our time where we had worship, prayer time, communion, and then instead of the Bible teaching where I'm teaching currently in Daniel, uh, Pastor Joshua and I spent the next 45 minutes answering questions. It was the first time we've ever done that uh, in the context of a service uh, like that that I can recall, and it was overwhelming overwhelming. It was so successful and overwhelming, a great discussion uh, that we will plan on doing it again. Of course, with the crisis, we want to address uh, with the COVID-19, the coronavirus crisis, we want to address those popular questions. But uh, we were we only did it by texting uh, because we haven't uh, yet run the wiring in our, in our facility to get the audio uh, into the sanctuary and into our sound system and all that. But eventually we will. And we'll be able to take audio calls, uh, but we took text calls, and it was phenomenal. Uh, And so um, thanks for participating. Uh, It's posted on our website, posted on our app, and I just posted it along with another article 
Uh, I've been doing a little bit more writing on my website, edtaylor.org. I've specifically started writing articles on the last days on prophecy because during times like this, everyone has prophetic questions. And I'm like, great, I'll answer your prophetic questions. So things like, what are the signs of the end times? What's the prophetic chronological calendar? Uh, what does the Bible have to say about the Antichrist? What does the Bible have to say about the mark of the beast? Um, and then I also, so I'm posting those like one a day. Uh, so go to my web, go to my website, edtaylor.org. And I also posted, now this was something special. I haven't written on this in a while, uh, but on the topic of grief, and I'll tell you why. Uh, the Because of the isolation, because of the inability to get fresh air, to go out as much as we used to, because of the lack of fellowship in a church community, uh, it has a mental effect. It has an effect on the psyche and the mental stability of, of men and women. And one of the ways that you can look out for in your life of difficulty is that you have a heightened sense and a heightened awareness of, of your grief. And so you may find yourself grieving like, the loss happened yesterday. And so I wrote an article today and I recommended five, I might have said six, I'm not sure, but I might have put a bonus book in there, but five resources that <clears throat> I recommend uh, for the topic of grief. And I would encourage you to visit my website, edtaylor.org, and to take those recommendations and purchase one of them to start reading it, uh, whether it's a Devo, whether it's a book by Elizabeth Elliot, books on depression, uh, it's on my website. I posted it today. And then subscribe to uh, my blog, subscribe to my website so you can get updates when things get posted and all that's available there. 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Uh, let's go to an anonymous person in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, welcome to the program. Hey, thank you. You're welcome. What can um, I do I for just, you? Yeah, I just have a question. I, I'm a Christian. I'm a born-again Christian. Um, okay. I, just, uh, I was looking for uh, some advice. Um, I, I've been through a lot in church, um, and I experienced a lot, a lot of bad things coming from, um, unfortunately, uh, uh, you know, Christians and and um, but I'm I'm you know I'm I'm I know who the Lord is I know who yes. He is to me, but like right now I, I moved from New York and I go to a new church and I love this church, um, and you know they preach what I believe. I stopped going to a, a big church that I uh, I end up um, going in their Bible school, but I just didn't agree with some of the, their teaching. Um, like okay. they don't believe that the rapture is going to happen before the great, uh, great tribulation and all that. But finally, I left there. I, I was done with that school, and I went to a new church. But I and the people there are so they are so different, like really different. I'm so afraid to socialize because I just I, I got to a point that I don't trust anyone, you know. Um, and I'm praying to God because I want to join ministry and everything. My, my wife is already part of. Um, ministry there. Um, but I don't know. I'm just looking for some advice and what to do in there. 
Okay, well, I have a couple of pieces of advice, a couple of, of things to consider. Uh, number one, you, you need a brace for this one. You ready? You're going to be hurt again. You will okay. never able be able to avoid being hurt by a Christian, by a pastor, by a leader. You'll never be able to live your life in a successful, mature way and not be hurt. Uh, because hurt and and pain and even uh, and even abuse and just being taken advantage of has everything to do with trust love, care, submission, and those are all qualities that are needed for you and I to live together. Now, that doesn't mean I, I'm not advocating that you submit to abuse and that you just kind of open yourself up and say, abuse me and take advantage of me. Of course not. Never do that in a church or anywhere else. However, in your own personal walk, you know, I, I should have started. Let me back up a little bit. I'm sorry that you've been hurt. Um, I, 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 I have personally, I have experienced the deepest, deepest hurt that I've ever had in my life within the context of this church family that I'm a part of. Um, I've experienced maybe the second or third hardest hurt in my life from pastors that I trusted and that instead of making wise decisions, they made foolish decisions and I paid the price for it, and my family paid the price for it. And so I, I need to acknowledge that, and you and I both, we need to acknowledge that being hurt is a part of the package. That That's a part of life. And so you, when you resolve that, then you can start to take those steps that are necessary to extend trust again. You know, you don't have to give 100% trust right away. You could give 10% trust. You could test the waters. You can make baby steps, you know, to protect yourself so that you don't submit yourself to abuse anymore. And actually, you've probably learned a little bit from your past hurts of what to avoid. Is that true? Yeah. I mean, I went to a very good church in New York City. And, and you know, I, I um, before that, I went to my, the church where I grew up. And, and God started opening my eyes. It was a small Pentecostal church, but then there was a lot of few things that were happening that were not biblical, and God opened my eyes, and I decided to move on because I was not growing spiritually. Then I ended up going to this church. I, I'm, I'm not—I wasn't trying to jump like from church to church. I just didn't feel comfortable. Sure. Um, and, and then I go to this really good church, you know, that good. was founded by a very good, famous uh, evangelist here in, in, the, in the U.S., and um, yes. and the, you know, as I was, I, I wasn't making friends. I was just listening to the doctrine, listening to the preaching, and, and praying to God. And the minute I decided to go to Bible to their Bible school, um, the small Bible school here in PA, um, it, it was like horrible. When I met people like like especially the staff, the staff, they were acting like so weird, like towards me towards me and and i don't have any like making me believe that like that i have problems and stuff like that and and when i went to look for help they actually turned their back on me telling me that i i was the problem and you know and and it was i i didn't do anything all i wanted to do is uh stick advice to see if there is any what can i do to um well let me know. um we're we're coming up on the on the end of the first half. So I'm going to put you on hold and then I'm going to give you a couple of recommendations 
of books that you can read that will help minister to this part of your life. Um, because, you know, it sounds like, unfortunately, you're going to go from people to people that are going to fail you, like this last example. And as you're experiencing that, you're learning not to allow it to happen. You know, you're learning to not allow it to be prolonged and that God is going to put you in the right place at the right time. But I want to prepare you in your heart of hearts and in your mind for the, the, the fact that in the future you're going to experience difficulties with people still. So hang on and uh, you hear the music. And when I come back, I have a couple book recommendations for you, okay? Uh, this is Calvary no Live. My name is Ed Taylor. Oh, I'm sorry, bro. Uh, my name is Ed Taylor. Taking your calls and your questions. 303-690-3000. Text me. 720-336-0897. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome to the second half of today's program. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm taking your calls and your questions. I want to remind you that we are online for our weekend services. Uh, it's Easter. This is a first. It's a first for all of us uh, that we aren't gathering together on, on this high and holy day. But that's not what we aren't uh, taking that sitting down as a church. I know many of you are not as well. And I commend you, pastors. I commend you, leaders. I commend you, elders, for being creative for being innovative, for at least trying new things, even if you're uncomfortable with them, uh, and finding yourself in a place of, I want to reach more, not less. And I commend the men and women that are on our team here at Calvary, the volunteers, the staff that have been working, many of them, uh, been working overtime to continue to reach out, reach out, reach out, reach out, reach out. Uh, in many ways, online, phone, text, email, uh, just really wanting to uh, uh, be used by the Lord uh, to minister to our community and minister to our um, our church family. And we are online. We've been online early on. Uh, we, we were very early adopters of this technology. And even though we were early adopters, we had all kinds of critics uh, thinking, oh, Ed, if you do online services on the internet, nobody will come to church. They don't. They won't feel like they need to come anymore. And I said, look, people are going to make that decision no matter what. Uh, if they want, if they feel like they want to go to a baseball game or or the Broncos see a Bronco game on Sunday, they're not going to come to church. Like I have no control over that. Um, and so why not reach them where they're at? And and even though I wasn't um, particularly looking into the future, that the ministry on phones and such would be so ubiquitous. Um, I was just recognizing, man, the church is not the walls. Let's reach as many people as we can. If we can reach people online, let's do it. Reach people by email, let's do it. Reach people by text, let's do it. Twitter, Facebook, we were, we've tried to be early adopters of all this technology, and it hasn't always been easy, uh, but now uh, we were uh, prepared for something like this. And, and even being able to change things in, in a moment, launching a brand new website in the middle of the, con con of the crisis, uh, 
changing internet providers to get better service, um, on and on. Like I, God has been so gracious to us. So for everyone that's done something different, you've uh, you've done new videos, you've done new emails, you've done new things to get children's ministry. You, our whole school and the administration's online now. I commend them for that hard work and. You know, people working at home and having to learn a new discipline, not to goof off, and um, but to really press in and go overboard in serving Jesus. Um, and of course, you know, trials are, are revealers, so some things are going to be revealed in the hearts of men and women, but only for the purpose of disciplining us and growing us. Um, so starting tomorrow, we're going to have our Good Friday service at noon, and then Saturday night, 4 o'clock, 6 o'clock. Sunday morning, 845, 6.45, 8.45, 10.45. And then I have a special announcement I'll give on Saturday about our Easter uh, our Easter broadcast. So it's pretty cool. Um, and then I heard, and I'm still putting this out, we want the contract to Red Rocks. So whoever's in charge of Red Rocks, the amphitheater, uh, I would like to sign the contract. I will do it today. Uh, to hold Easter services there in the future, um, sunrise. Uh, I can't say I've always wanted to do that for 20 years, but I've wanted to do it for a long time. So Ed Taylor at Calvary Church would love to sign that contract uh, and take it over and take responsibility of it over, collaborate with churches to preach the gospel on, on sunrise, keep the tradition alive, but keep it alive in a way where the gospel is center, where Jesus Christ is the way, truth, and the life is center that a call to repentance is at the center, where the love, mercy, and grace of Jesus Christ, um, one true God, is proclaimed. So if you're in charge of Red Rocks and you're listening to Grace FM um, right now, or you're listening to this on a, somebody sent it to you, or a podcast, uh, I am willing, on behalf of our church, to sign the contract and take it over, if need be. or if we, Not even need be, we want it. Um, we've called pretty much so many years even this year, and told we, nope, 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 but we're going to keep knocking, seeking, and asking, because I would love to collaborate with my friends, uh, Calvary Chapel friends, my Baptist friends, my Methodist friends, my uh, Lutheran friends, anyone that preaches the true gospel, to have a collaborative gospel night, and we would, Grace FM would sponsor it, like, uh, we would figure it out. We don't have all the answers, but we'd figure it out. All right, we're going to go back to Pennsylvania uh, over on Hope FM. Welcome, everyone, on Hope FM. And I want to go back to our friend uh, in Pennsylvania. I want to give you two recommendations of resources, okay, that would that would really minister to you. Um, number one, it is a book entitled The Bait, B-A-I-T, of Satan. The Bait of Satan by John Bevere. Uh, and it's a, it's a very powerful book on on offenses, on being offended, uh, which is, you know, the root of the pain that you're experiencing is you've been greatly offended uh, and hurt by people you would not expect to be hurt by. The second book I recommend uh, is, is a, it, it tackles the same topic a different way. Uh, it's called The Prisoner in the Third Cell. The Prisoner in the Third Cell. On, on the radio, and I, I order it. I order it. I haven't read it yet, but it, yeah, I have it. Let me. Uh, which one did you order? Yeah, the prison, the pressure on the thirst uh, cell. I okay, got good. It from, uh, one day you mentioned it, and I ordered that book, but I haven't. I didn't so, start it uh, yet. 
So Gene Edwards, he he has two books that that uh, one we've read. I read almost every year, uh, and that is uh, the Tale of Three Kings. And the Tale of Three Kings is a as a novel type book written uh, based upon the ministry of David, King Saul, and Absalom. And it it speaks of the dynamics of difficulties within leadership. And when you're hurt and offended and and when you're going through it, what will you be? Will you be David? Will you have the heart of David? Will you have the heart of Absalom to undermine and and take advantage? Or will you have the heart of Saul where you're just... Because, you know, it sounds like... And, and we don't need to get into detail about it, but it sounds like the people you experienced in this last ex, um, time was like Saul, man. They just weren't, they just didn't have a heart for God, so they didn't have a heart for you. Um, and so when you read Prisoner in the Third Cell, so this book I've had on my shelf forever. And, recent, and just a few years ago, I finally go, I think I'm going to read this. And it's about, it's about being offended by God. And how do you respond when you feel like because God really hasn't offended us, like he hasn't really hurt us, but we have those real feelings of disappointment. And I promise you, this book will minister to your soul. And I promise you, like I know because of the way he navigates through the scriptures, that you'll experience comfort in knowing that even John the Baptist felt offended and had doubts and wrestled with, hey man, if God if God is who he says he is, why am I going through this? Like I lost my passion, like for in prayer. Like I used to be fervent. Like you know, I I, I was in love with communion with the you know with the Lord, and and after all that happened, like I went there looking for to get to know the Lord better, and I got out of it like empty. Like I'm not, I don't even have the passion anymore for it, you know that I used to have. It's it's so hard to get back into it. Like I remember my prayer time. Like the way I used to seek the Lord and 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 the way He fellowship with me, which is you know it was so beautiful, and and uh, it's just not. I feel like it's not. Maybe I, I'm saying it the wrong way, but I, I feel like it's not there anymore. Um, <laughs> and I, I just I miss I miss the Lord. I miss the Holy Spirit. Um, so and, let me. Are, are you ready to? Are you ready to hear something really hard? Yeah. Part of what you just described is your fault, mm-hmm. not someone else's fault. It's your response to pain and your response to offense and your response yeah. to pull away from the very thing, the relationship that you have with Jesus, the the place where you do find great comfort, the place where passion is developed, the place where you hear the voice of God, the place where you are comforted, this is your responsibility. And yeah, you're right. Um, to some degree, this is the, these hurts and pains have affected you. And I never want to look past those. They're, they're real. Um, they're hard. However, you've allowed them, as hard as they are, you, have, by your own actions, have allowed them to separate you from the God that loves you and to separate and kind of drive a wedge. You know, it's like the enemy of our souls is always looking to drive a wedge between us and God and us and one another. And as hard as that is to hear, it's also good news because if it was your choice to walk away, then it's also your choice to come back. Remember what Jesus said to the church in Ephesus? He said, "You, I have this against you. In the book of Revelation, he said, you have left your first love. And here's the path for you to come back 
It's the same path that was given to the believers in Ephesus. He said, remember from where you have fallen, number one, repent. And so the place where you're in has everything to do not with their sin, but with your sin. And the only right response to our sinful responses is to repent. And then he says, remember, repent, and then repeat. Go back and do the first works. And that's the invitation that God has for you today, brother. He invites you to come back and set those people aside and set organized church aside and set aside the believers that have hurt you and let you down, even leaders and pastors and all of that. Set that aside. Let God deal with them because he will and he can. You, remember at the end of John, at the end of John's gospel, there was that question, what about him, Lord? And what did Jesus say? Hey, don't worry about him. And I'm paraphrasing, of course. Uh, Jesus said, don't worry about him, but you follow me. And that's God's invitation to you. Can I pray for you? Uh, yeah, sure. Thank you. Um, yeah, I know it's, it's my fault. Like, the, the, your relationship one-on-one with God, it's it just that, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it's hard because it makes you feel like unworthy. And, and that's one of the reasons that, and I know the same way that, you know, that I've loved them too and the way he loves me. Um, but I just, I never felt like that. I was so condemned. And, sure. Well, let me let me just say this too. You're on a pattern of every motion and every thought you have is one step farther from the Lord. Like when you when you start saying, "Yeah, it just makes me feel so unworthy." Well, that's true. You're unworthy. I'm unworthy. But it's 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 not true to keep continuous taking steps away from Him, but rather to press in. If there was ever a time for you to press in, it's now. You know, there is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ. And you're right, you're unworthy, I'm unworthy, but God has made us worthy by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so, Father, I pray for my friend in Pennsylvania and many people listening in that have a similar testimony, and even for us as leaders, that we would be careful with your people because the mistakes that we make, especially if we're just like totally fleshly, just those leaders that are not... Um, good. They're bad leaders. They have long-term effects and devastating blows to people like our friend here that just wants to worship and wants to grow in your grace. So, Father, I pray that you would uh, encourage and strengthen my brother, bring him back to a place of surrender, bring him back to a <clears throat> a sense of of repentance and get him back into those first works that we might enjoy fruit from his life once again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. I okay, bro. It. Hey, call back when you read the book. I want to know what you thought of it. I would definitely will. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Uh, we are broadcast. This is the, the good news. We're broadcast <clears throat> in Nebraska, in Wyoming, in Colorado, and then all throughout the Hope FM radio network. What is that? New Jersey, Maryland, Pennsylvania, uh, New York. We're also broadcast on the Truth FM network, which is down uh, South Carolina uh, in that area. North, I'm not sure if it's North Carolina. And then we're on a bunch of smaller, um, uh, effective, powerful FM stations that are local, uh, that are run by churches. And we're just so grateful that you would have Calvary Live as a part of your uh, day and 
And that's why we got friends all around the country. Pretty cool. Uh, let's see. Ed in Parker, Colorado. Ed, welcome to the program. Pastor Ed. Hey, I, what's going I don't on? Know, I don't know how to ask this, but I'm having some issues with the church I go to right now. Since this coronavirus, uh, our pastor, has the last couple of weeks, has been <clears throat> taping the Sunday sermon on Thursdays. And then putting it, you know, saying, here, join us live on the Internet. And then when we get there, it's a taped message. And I just feel, I mean, is that wrong? Like, on Sunday, are you going to be preaching live from your church? For our Easter services, we're going to be recording it live, but it's going to be rebroadcast at various times because we decided, and I'll tell you why, my thinking. Let me back up. Um I would disagree if if a pastor is saying we're going to join us live online and they're not live online, I have a problem with that. But I don't have a problem with the fact that there may be some um, reasons why recording it ahead of time and then broadcasting it, I don't have a problem with that because technology and, and streaming and internet in the building and all of the the drama that comes with technology. But if someone's claiming it to be live and it's not live, I can't do that in good conscience. Um, And so I've been telling our church that we are doing our best to have a full worship team and I'll show up Saturday night uh, because we have Saturday night service and we have Wednesday night service and we have Sunday morning two services that we will, to our best of our ability, have a live broadcast every service. Um, And we've been able to do that till Easter and another weekend because I was traveling. Uh, but because of Easter, we have decided that we're going to broadcast. We're going to keep all those service times that we added for the sake of a of you know how many people come to church on Easter. But because of the worship team and everyone doing it live, uh, it will be pre-recorded and broadcast. But we're going to record it live, like it's going to be live. It's just going to be rebroadcast, and then we'll pick up live on Wednesday, um, and we'll let folks know. But if you didn't know, I mean, it depends on your pastor, right? But if you didn't know, um, if you went on our website and you lo- watched last weekend's message, um, would that? Do you think you could do that? Um, like my teaching, do you think you can go last weekend, watch that message, and you think God could use that in your life? Oh yes, I'm sure. It's just- and so is the issue that the issue that I think I heard was that they're saying it's live and it's not, or is it just that He's doing it ahead of time? No, my issue is like, okay, if we didn't have this virus thing floating around, we would all be at church on Sunday. And by law, we all can't be there on Sunday. But if they're going to get together with the worship team and the pastor, you're going to preach a message, I just feel in my heart that I'd like to see him on Sunday preaching it live while I'm watching it, and I know I can't be there, but then I feel... The spirit, you know, we're all in one spirit all together. Instead of, I found out like last Sunday he comes up and he started preaching, and I'm thinking I'm watching it live, and he goes, oh, by the way, we recorded this last Thursday on the 2nd. I said, well, is he going to do that for Easter too? Well, I mean, I think that this is a time, so I I appreciate you uh, talking this out, because this is a time where we really have to choose what matters the most to us. And 
and giving the same information that you just gave me, I don't have any problem with the pastor doing whatever he needs to do to get the message out. I, I think that the Word of God is going to be fresh as it's received, and we have proof of that, right? We have you listening, like if you're listening uh, to Grace FM right now, and our particular radio broadcast is in the Book of Romans right now. Uh, if if you're listening to the Book of Romans and that Bible study is ministering to you, that Bible study was delivered, I think, twelve years ago. Um, it, it's not fresh and it's not new in the sense that we just put it together. We're rebroadcasting something I taught to our church thirteen years ago, and and so we know the Word of God is alive and powerful. And I think in times like this. I think normally we should cut each other slack, but in times like this, we should probably do a little bit more in cutting each other slack because, you know, it 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 really isn't. And I and just receive this from me, Ed. It's really not that big a deal, man. It really isn't. Okay. Sit there right. like it's live. Receive the word of God. Know that God's going to have a fresh word for you, and and cut your pastor some slack. There's probably a reason why they're doing it. Um. And then even if you're not happy with the reason, there's probably a reason why he's doing it. Um, I'm sure he doesn't have less work right now. I'm sure he has more work, and there's probably a reason. And maybe when this all, you know, bowls over, you could talk to him about it. Oh, you you just cleared it up for me big time because I said I listen to Grace FM a lot of time all day long. I hear the different pastors, and I know they're – their messages from way back when, and I mean, they're like new to me. So I'll just go with that attitude saying, hey, you know, come Sunday when I turn on that uh, computer and we get online, I'll say it's like a brand new message. So, no, I'll, I'll change my heart about it. Just I had a well, cool. thing in. I That's mean, you, cool. you just cleared it up for me, and I'll pray about it. And, you know, Thanks, then, Ed. Let me know how it goes. Uh, I shall do that. And okay, thanks. Where is your church exactly? Our church is in Aurora, so we're on Hampton, one block east of Tower, so right across the street from the uh, movie tavern and Safeway, right right in that section in southeast Aurora. Okay, because I live in Parker, and when we get coming back to church, I'd like to come and visit your church. Huh? I would love to meet you. Okay. Well, I appreciate okay, Ed, God bless you. And- like I said, I will pray about it, and I have a whole yes. better feeling about church this Sunday. <laughs> yeah, let me know how it goes. Okay, thanks, Pastor Okay, Ed. bye-bye. Have a good day, and God bless you. All righty. Yeah. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. You know, that's a real concern. Uh, I, I totally get it. It is. This is a challenging time. And I, I, had a, I have a friend in another state who jumped on and said on, on Twitter, he said— um, Hey, you know, I can't understand why churches are doing all these multiple services and and uh, why can't they just do one now online since we only have multiple services because of people, too many people for a building. And and I usually ignore what he types. I usually disagree with a lot of things he says and I just ignore him. But I couldn't ignore this one because most of the pastors are being very innovative. And we happen to be a church that did not consolidate our services. And I'll tell you why. Um, I was a decision that I made uh, as leader to say, look, there's a lot of things during this crisis that are out of our control. So why not bring some regularity to our church? And if they normally came to church on Saturday, let's keep Saturday service. And if they normally got up super early at 845, let's keep 845. 
And if they normally got up at 1045 or they wanted to have a guest to come and they could talk about it, then they could invite their friends to watch online. Let's keep our services and then let's do them live like they were in the room because they are in the room. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean, like we said this last conversation, that you have to do it exactly live, but we want to do it live. I want to do everything we can to keep it. And, and when, when I'm in the room, I'm worshiping. I'm, I'm sitting in every service like I normally do. I'm worshiping. My heart is wanting to be in tune with the Lord. Uh, I teach three studies, the same notes, but three studies on the weekend. So there's always going to be something different, of course. Um, but, but at the same time, in, in wanting to minister to your flock pastor, just do what God has led you to do. As long as you're not sinning, do what the Lord has led you to do. And so what are we doing? We're keeping our 645 service this Sunday because it's a tradition for us. We haven't, until we get Red Rocks, we haven't done a, we haven't done a, um, a sunrise service yet. Uh, and so we do kind of a fake sunrise service at 645. And, and I'm always, always, always surprised by how many people come to 645. So we're going to keep it, and we're going to keep 845, and we're going to keep 1045, and we're going to keep 4 o'clock on Saturday and 6 o'clock, and yes. Um, uh, but because of so many services and the worship team and everything that it's so hard for the volunteers, we're going to record it live and then broadcast it. And uh, it's just too, it's too, too much work for the volunteers, too much. Um, it, it's We all do it. We all jump in when... When there are people there, and we'll, we willingly do it, we'll add as many services as we can. But praise God for technology. Praise God for technology. It reminds me when we launched our campus, and we were using technology to reach another group of people. Um, I miss our campus. I wish I would have kept it uh, and used it for the glory of God. Um, and instead, um, yeah, so technology is great. 303 690 Tomorrow uh, is Friday, and so we have our Good Friday service. We're going to be live at noon talking about the crucifixion, and then Saturday at 4 and 6 as it starts our resurrection weekend. Then Sunday morning, 6.45, 8.45, 10.45. But what I want you guys to do, and I really mean it, is would you please join us in the hashtag Jesus Changed My Life social media campaign? Please join us. This is so easy. And so powerful to have social media flooded. All of your high school buddies, people you've not haven't seen in years, see a one minute testimony of you. Just and I know you probably go, well, wait a minute, I have a thousand minute testimony. Well, okay. Give us the reader's digest version and then hashtag it, Jesus changed my life. Hashtag it I am changed. Hash and then uh tag your church, tag our church so that they can watch our services live. I'll, I will preach the gospel, and I will give a an invitation. And you go, well, Ed, is that even real? Uh, you know, because people want to argue, well, you know, uh, invitations aren't even from the Lord. Ridiculous. Jesus invited people to follow him all the time. And here, we got a text here. Let me, uh, let me find it real quick, because I know I'm running out of time here. But I got a text here, uh, because we have our text line open for... For prayer. So check this out. This was a text that came in. My wife prayed with Pastor Ed this morning and accepted Jesus as her Savior. Thank you, Jesus. That was from the first service. 
So I'm looking at the time. So why do we do multiple services? Because this brother's wife was watching, and I looked into the camera after I taught the Bible study, and I invited people to repent of their sins and to follow Jesus. So the same thing can happen through social media. Would you go to our website, Calvary CO? That stands for Colorado. CalvaryCO.church slash Jesus changed my life. Calvary CO, and it's also on the homepage. So if you miss all this, you can go to our homepage, calvaryco.church. The second scrolling graphic is this. Click it and go it. We we explain to you what it is. We explain to you how to do it. We even have a, uh, a how to do a proper selfie. How to do a proper selfie so your video looks good uh, to the best of your ability. And, and let's get the gospel out. Let's share our testimony. In Revelation, it speaks about a group of people that overcame them by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. So let's get our testimonies out. Let's run with the vision. Let's get in these last couple days. I know there's a lot of things we can't do, but let's not let what we can't do hold us back from what God has called us to, and that is to go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So would you please... Would you please go to our website, calvaryco.church, and join us. It doesn't matter what church you're a part of, what true Bible teaching church you're a part of. Join us, join us, join us, and be a part of the hashtag Jesus Changed My Life initiative, campaign, whatever you want to call it. I just posted mine today on my Instagram, on my Facebook, on my Twitter. So you post yours. Hashtag it. Uh, tag our church. And let's see God give us an outpouring of His Holy Spirit this resurrection weekend. God bless you guys. Thanks again for allowing me to be a very small part of the huge work that God's doing in your life. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.